Hello, this is Tom Gilbo with my first podcast on how the NBA teams are businesses and going over some signings and trades of each of the playoff teams that are remaining this year and with the moves they made and how that affects them as a business and provides entertainment for the NBA as a whole association and for each team individually. I will be covering each of the major key player signings that have still uh, affected the outcome of how the players and teams came to be in this playoff run. Okay, so first we're going to start off in the Eastern Conference with the one-seeded Raptors against the eighth-seeded Washington Wizards. Um, some key notable signings for the Raptors over this past year and offseason. They haven't made much trades. They kept that deep the depth in their bench and their starting lineup. They re-signed Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka, and that just helped them keep their core together, DeRozan, Lowry, and Ibaka. And they're making a great run this year, although currently the series is tied 2-2 two to two against the Washington Wizards, and they're just going to be looking for a way to bounce back from that. But basically, keeping those two big players, Ibaka and the shot blocker, and a solid point guard in Kyle Lowry can also shoot the three ball, is very key to their offense this year. And the Rap- the Raptors also have won a franchise record in wins this year. So this is technically their best ever team that Toronto has ever had. Um, and then with the Wizards, they re-signed John Wall. That was mainly their only big offseason move that they made. They kept all the players with Oubre. Uh, Bradley Beal has been huge. They had a little rough patch during the season once John Wall went down, but they did all of a sudden start to play better towards the end of the season with John Wall being out, which was strange. John John Wall is an all-star point guard, and he is their leading scorer for the team. But Bradley Beal really stepped up into that role and took him over into the next level of where they can be. And now that Wall is back for the playoffs, they're looking to battle the Raptors tonight, Wednesday, um, for that possible 3 3-2 lead against the Raptors. Okay, and then from there, we will move to the Boston Celtics-Milwaukee Bucks series. Um, Boston has played incredible this year despite the early injury in the first game of the season to Gordon Hayward, who's going to be an all-star small forward for them. They have played really well up until this point. Um, Some key notable things that they did this summer, obviously, they signed Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, and we have yet to see the full potential of this team due to Gordon Hayward's very early injury in the season and how that will actually impact them and bring their team to the next level because they have already proven that they can win games without Gordon Hayward. So once he's inserted back into the lineup and healthy again, that will be a huge boost for them in not just scoring, but also defense. They went on a 20 game win streak early on in the start of the year and they looked very good. Kyrie was part of that. Um, But all now towards the end of the season, Kyrie has been injured and is getting surgery, so he's out for the playoffs in the last few games of this regular season. But this Boston team is still good. They got great depth. They got they signed Aaron Baines in the offseason, who's a very solid backup center for Al Horford. They can even play them both on the court at the same time, Aaron Baines at the five and uh, Al Horford at the four if they want to stretch the floor more. Um, they also signed Marcus Morris, who's just a very solid – he can be a stretch four. He can play the three. He can play the two. He's a good shooter, post-up player. Good on defense, uh, good basketball IQ. Um, but the series with this is uh, still tied. Uh, actually, Boston, I mean, leads 3-2 right now currently. So that's an incredible upset, I guess, because people were saying, oh, they can't win a playoff series without Kyrie. 
They don't even have Gordon Hayward. They have guys like Smart missing the first four games of the season or, I mean, of the playoff series. So, like, they're a really underwhelmed. Terry Rozier stepped up into that role and provided very good scoring. Um, and for the Bucks this past year, they signed Eric Bledsoe in a trade from Boston. Um, they got – they just got a lot of solid pickups. Um, they signed Shabazz Muhammad, who has been a very solid 3-4 off the bench. Adds more depth bench. Giannis Antetokounmpo has obviously been leading the team in scoring. has stepped up his game to the very next level, and he looks like a premier player in this league. Uh, his driving and his just freakish athletic ability has allowed them to win a lot of games this year. Um, people are surprised, though, because they got Jabari Parker back, and they can just they can do a lot. Like, they got Eric Bledsoe. Tabari Parker and Giannis, there's no reason they should be losing 3-2 to the Boston Celtics at this point. People were expecting this to be a clean wash against Celtics, but the Celtics are a deep squad. They're a good squad. They're very good coached by Brad Stevens, and it's been a great series so far. And basically, in the, in the sense of entertainment, Boston has added a lot of um, entertaining players like Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, and that just has made them sell more tickets, more fans, and that just adds to the business aspect of basketball. And this is just one of the reasons why teams make these big sales. I know we're all from Detroit, like from the Detroit, Michigan area, and we all know Blake Griffin. We signed him, um, and our sales went through the roof for jerseys because everyone's excited for these huge all-star players. That's what happens when you sign a very huge, big franchise player is that the city gets excited. Everyone wants the jersey. Everyone wants to go see him play. Everyone wants to see the new team, how we're doing. And that's what the Celtics did in a nutshell this offseason and this past year, and they're making a deep playoff run. It's unfortunate that Kyrie and Gordon Hayward are both injured at the moment of the playoffs, but look, look for them next year to come back and bounce back, both being healthy, back into the starting lineup, and for them to win, I'd say, 55-plus games next year. I, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't. Um, and that's all for this series. Um, let's move to the 76ers-Miami Heat series next. Next up, we have the three and the six seed. We have the three-seeded 76ers against the Miami Heat. Um, 76ers came into the playoffs on a 14-game win streak, looked very good, and they did end up beating the Miami Heat in the first round, uh, four games to one. It was a very physical and intense series, but let's take a look at what some of these teams did to get to where they are. First, we'll look at the lo- the losers, which is the Miami Heat. Um, they did get D-Wade late, later on in the year um, in the collapse of the Cavaliers' first run at rebuilding a team. They sent D-Wade back to his, his beloved home, first team, where he won his first ring in Miami. They got him back, injected a lot of life off the bench for them in the playoffs. He actually played a lot of good minutes, got a lot of points per game. His PR was like 21, which is very good for the amount of minutes he was playing. Um, then they also signed, re-signed Josh Richardson, who has been a key factor he's started a lot of games in the playoffs very physical defensive guard they got kelly olenic who's also a very defensive big man who can also stretch the four with the three james johnson they they re-signed who's very good at scoring and just physical physicality of the miami heat team made this series a very good um to watch as a fan um let's look at the 76ers what they did in the offseason they re-signed robert covington to a veterans minimum they got marco bellinelli for basically nothing um, they signed Ursan Ilyasova and J.J. Redick. So, and those four guys right there is basically, they're like, a lot of them, they rotated throughout the starters throughout the year. So I know they start Ilyasova, J.J. Redick, and Robert Covington alongside Embiid and Ben Simmons. But Marco Bellinelli has been that spark off the bench. Um, he's been a great, great shooting 
percentage this uh, playoff, this postseason. Um, and basically what this does is allows two teams, they obviously didn't like each other when they were playing each other. Every play was physical. Every play was getting into scuffles. It felt like the whistle was blowing every five seconds. Hard fouls here, hard fouls there. The rest were letting them play to some point, but they did have to step in and make some uh, technical fouls, some flagrant fouls. There's a very physical series. As a fan of the NBA, I'm not a fan of Philadelphia or Miami Heat, but as an NBA fan, I enjoyed this series the most so far in the first round because it was really um, – I love seeing two rookies, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, I guess, not a rookie his second year, uh, but he's they're both really young players, and seeing this young 76ers team come out and perform and beat the Miami Heat, which is a very solid coach team by Eric Spolstra – um, Pat Riley is also up in the front office. You know, he has some impact on how they play basketball down there in Miami. Um, this series was very exciting to watch. I like watching the physical play, the more old school style of basketball. They let a lot of stuff go. The physicality was there, the defense, the, the offense, the just just possessions per game was just through the roof. They're playing fast paced, energetic, physical basketball, and that's what it should be. Um, they should, everyone's saying the NBA nowadays is getting soft. And with all these, oh, this isn't a technical foul. Oh, that's not a that's not a flagrant one. That's not a flagrant two. It was accidental. All this stuff. The NBA is getting soft. The NBA is getting weak. This series just showed that when the playoffs come, the refs let a lot more go and let a lot more physicality play in basketball, which I love as a fan. I love the heated arguments between and like the tweets and Bead sends out on Twitter. Um, there's just a lot of uh, emotion going on in the city of Philadelphia. The game five. They also um, had Meek Mill there the first day he was released from prison, which was very interesting. It was very fun to see that. And Kevin Hart and the city all get behind him and support him. And they all were all just a very energetic crowd. I didn't see Miami, how it was possible for them to win on the road in Philadelphia in that game five to extend the series. So Philadelphia did wrap that series up. And next up, we do have the Cavs Pacers, which we'll take a look at. And we got a lot to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers this year. Okay, so for the next series, we have the 4-5 and five seed in the Eastern Conference Finals. This is the final um, series in the East, and we move to the West. We have the Cavaliers versus the Indiana Pacers. Um, so we all know what the Cavs basically rebuilt their team twice this year. They signed a bunch of guys in the, in the offseason like Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, Isaiah Thomas. They end up getting rid of all of them throughout about three-quarters halfway through the season, which was a shock to everybody right before the trade deadline. They basically rebuilt their roster. They felt they weren't ready. They got Larry Nance Jr. and um, Jordan Clarkson from the Los Angeles Lakers, sending over Isaiah Thomas over there. They also signed George Hill from the Kings in the offseason. They acquired Kyle Korver, who has been electric still with his shooting ability, even at his age. They got Rodney Hood from the Jazz, and they signed Jeff Green. So they re- basically rebuilt the team twice, which was, from a, uh NBA fan standpoint, it was kind of kind of strange to see how um, LeBron could um, come back from, like, not playing with the same team throughout the whole season and then are now trying to make a playoff push. The series is tied 2-2, which is scary for Cavs fans because everyone's expecting Cavs to be in the finals again um, at the start of the season. No one else really thought anyone could beat them in the East. Like, it was going to be a wash. But now they, they slid down to the fourth seed in the regular season. That's probably due to the fact of the lack of chemistry that they all the players have had, all the pieces moving around LeBron and all the blame that's being thrown at LeBron for not providing enough. Um, he's played an incredible series. Both games he's won against Pacers this series, had he's had like 40-plus points, um, you know, 
near triple double every night. He's trying to put the team on his back, but Kevin Love has been underperforming, which kind of is a downfall for them. Um, this series has been very good. Seeing young stars like Victor Oladipo, who the Pacers have uh, acquired over the off season, uh, he's going to win Most Improved Player most likely. He's basically carried them to where they are in the standings. They signed Bogdanovich, who's a great shooting big point, big tall point guard off the bench. I think he's six eight uh, point guard, which is very nice having that size at the one. They also signed Trevor Booker, who's a solid three to four, come off the bench, get a lot of rebounds and defense in there. Um, from a, a fan's perspective, this series is it's it's not that entertaining. Like I'd rather see I'd rather see something else, but it is nice to see um, LeBron have to have to work a little bit hard. I'm not saying I'm a hate LeBron hate or anything, but he's had basically had a walk to the finals the last eight years, which is just incredible that he's even been to the finals last last eight years. Um, I think the last, I don't even know who the last player to do that was, but the, he's just going to have to rally his team around him with all these new signings and everyone else got to play better like Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. If they're going to want to excel and get past this first round in the Eastern conference. And that wraps up the Eastern conference overall on the series on the East. My opinions are basically, I think the 76ers could make it to the Eastern conference finals. That would be very cool to see if they ended up matching up against the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals. That would be something nice for the NBA to see a LeBron-less team in the finals. Um, that would be just very cool. The Raptors have had the best uh, season, regular season that their franchise has ever had. 76ers, a bunch of young guys. People don't think they can do it. Um, it would be cool to see a bunch of young guys prove themselves that they're ready and they're ready to make the finals push. So let's move on to the Western Conference um, yeah, let's move on to Western Conference. Okay, now heading on over to the Western Conference, we're going to start with the one-seeded uh, Houston Rockets against the eighth-seeded Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll start with the Timberwolves first because they made a bunch of moves this offseason and past year with trading. Um, they got Jimmy Butler, an all-star two-guard. He could play the three. Very good uh, first-team all-defensive player. You know you're going to get a lot of your points from him. He's basically their star signing, pairing him up with Carl Anthony Towns, who they already have. They also signed Jeff Teague as a new starting point guard for them, which has he's, – he's had, he's had a good season, a good regular season. He's kind of disappeared in the playoffs. I think he's only averaging like 4-2-2 two, and two in the playoffs, and he's a starting point guard. They assigned Jamal Crawford as well as a scoring threat at always, but he does throw up some low-percentage shots a lot of the time. His play style is kind of uh, out of control. They did sign Derek Gross, who's been coming off the bench in this series. Later on in this year, pairing him back up with Tom Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler. And they also signed Taj Gibson, who was also a part of that Bulls team back in Chicago a couple of years ago with Tom Thibodeau. Um, Derek Rose has actually been playing surprisingly well off the bench. He's had about averaged about 14 points this series off the bench, which is more than Jeff Teague has. And he's only been playing like 25, 27 minutes a night. Um, well, now we'll look at the Rockets, what they did in the offseason. They signed... Luke Mbamute, P.J. Tucker, Chris Paul, and Gerald Green. And they basically got Gerald Green from free agency. Um, no team's NBA was signing him. He was just sitting at home waiting for the call. And now he's inserted himself into basically basically that, like, sixth, seventh man off the bench uh, electric role for the Houston Rockets. Come in and hit some huge threes. He's crazy athletic, put back dunks, plays good defense, good energy guy for the Rockets. Come in and get some points when they need it. And obviously, Chris Paul, the all-star point guard, has just changed their franchise around. It allows less focus on James Harden 
who basically the last couple seasons, he, they every team would just double team him. There was never that other second threat next to him. So that allows James Harden to go to work more and then Chris Paul to be the facilitator. I mean, James Harden is still a great facilitator, but this just opens more doors for their offense, and their offense has been insane this year. They basically match what the Warriors have been doing the last couple of years, just trying to outshoot teams, and they've done that very well. And they surprisingly took the first seed from the um, Golden State Warriors this year, which a lot of people didn't think. People are hoping for a Western Conference Finals of the Rockets and Warriors, and I would love to see that as an NBA fan. Two of the most elite teams, they both play with a lot of the same play style with shooting a lot of threes, running and gunning. Um, it should be a it should be a great Western run. The Rockets did um, go up three one last night against the Minnesota Timberwolves, so we will see if they can close that game out tonight. And now we're gonna move on to the Warrior Spurs series. So now up next we have the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the two seed against the seven seed San Antonio Spurs. The Warriors did win this series four games to one. Let's look at what the Warriors did this past year in offseason. They basically kept all of their all-star, their big four, I guess you could call it, in Curry, Thompson, Draymond, and Kevin Durant. They re-signed JaVale McGee as a great athletic center, shot blocker, rim protector. They re-signed Sean Livingston as a great backup point guard to Steph Curry. He's very tall at standing a 6'9 point guard. He has a very good mid-range jumper. They re-signed um, Andre Iguodala, who is also that great 3-4. He could play play the 2. He can also play point guard if they want him to. He can, he can handle the ball, pass the ball around. Um, and they re-signed Zaza Pachulia as another good, solid starter big man for them, which is good to keep that same core going from last year's finals. Um, their their um, offseason has been basically uh, under underwhelmed because people thought, oh, they didn't really do anything. I mean, they kept together their championship team, which is insane how they had enough money to buy everyone. And they also signed Nick Young, a.k.a. Swaggy P, for that six man off the bench to come in. And, uh, you know, he's just very good at getting to the rim. He can shoot the three very good ball handers, the very good scoring guard off the bench for them. So people are just underestimating how good of an offseason that the Warriors actually had. Um, they didn't make any mega trades. They already got the rank a couple, uh, two, a year ago. So like now, now people are, we're looking for them to do more, but they didn't need to, they didn't let clay go. They didn't let anybody go. And they kept together that championship, uh, team, the Spurs, they re-signed LaMarcus Aldridge to a veterans contract, re-signed Manu Ginobili and Patty Mills. They also re-signed Paul Gasol and they signed Rudy Gay, um, for them. That was, it was, they had a good, they had a good year, good run this year. They just, without having Kawhi the whole year, no one really even knows what's going on with Kawhi and his injury, quote unquote injury, or why he's not playing or why he's not back healthy yet. This injury happened uh, last year's playoffs and he still hasn't came back from injury yet, which is just really weird to all, all NBA fans and everything. But LaMarcus Aldridge is very solid. He's basically carried the load of Kawhi being that all-star player on the team. Manu has been solid even at the age of 40. He won them their only game of the series, basically, against the Warriors. Just Manu Ginobili, he went off, and he was just had that look in his eye where he wasn't going to lose that game, playing unreal defense. He was throwing up – he was, like, dunking at age 40, which is insane. He was knocking down big threes. Petty Mills, that solid point guard off the bench, just adds depth to their roster and allows them for more fluent basketball. Um, now we're going to look at the Jazz Thunder series. Okay, now we're going to look at the Jazz Thunder series. Um, 
The Jazz are up three games to one and looking to close it out tonight with a win against the OKC Thunder. And the OKC Thunder offseason was massive this year. They signed Corey Brewer to start, and then they added Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. They re-signed Westbrook for a five-year uh, contract, keeping him OKC for the next five years, which is good for the good for their uh, business of their uh, their team. They also re-signed Andre Roberson, a solid two-guard elite defender. Patrick Patterson off the bench, they re- they signed, who's a stretch four, and they signed Raymond Felton, which was a good backup point guard for Russell Westbrook. Their season has been kind of underwhelming. Everyone thought, oh, they got these big three players, now all-stars. They're going to they're gonna be able to be something in the West, but they haven't really uh, performed or lived up to their expectations. And now they find themselves down 3-1 against uh, the Utah Jazz, led by a rookie, Donovan Mitchell, who has been going off. Um Let's look at the Jazz then. They got Jay Crowder from the Cavs. They re-signed Joe Ingles. Um, and they got Ricky Rubio. Uh, so they have been, they've got a solid team together now alongside of uh, Rudy Gobert, huge rim protector. Their offseason was good. They built a solid team. and They're just well coached. Um, does hurt, though, being a Detroit Pistons fan that we didn't draft Donovan Mitchell, seeing the player he is going to be. He's in that run for Rookie of the Year. Although I do think Ben Simmons will take the Rookie of the Year award. Donovan Mitchell has played electric and led the team in scoring the first time in the last eight years. Or, I mean, the last 18 years that a player that was a rookie and led their team in scoring. Um, and that is it for that. Now we will look at the Trailblazers Pelicans as the final series in the West. All right, now for the final series in the West, we have the Portland Trailblazers and the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, this series has been my favorite series in the West so far. The Pelicans end up sweeping the Trailblazers in four games um, due to the fact of some amazing signings that they have had this offseason. Uh, props to the front office of the Pelicans. Uh, they signed Drew Holiday, who has, my, in my opinion, been the all-star of the playoffs so far, the MVP of the playoffs, if you will. He's He started with um, the Pelicans this whole series. Uh, provided Anthony Davis with a lot of good assists, a lot of good passing, and that second scoring threat they lost in DeMarcus Cousins getting injured for the rest of the season. Drew Holiday has been picking up the slack and scoring around 27, 26 points this playoffs. They also signed Rajon Rondo in the playoffs, who has been like Anthony Davis's savior. He basically now allows Davis to do whatever he wants. He's the perfect pick-and-roll player to play with doing the pick-and-roll backdoor lobs. Every play to Anthony Davis seems like every night they have three or four Alley-oop dunks to Anthony Davis from Rajon Rondo, which is just great for Rondo. Revitalized his career. He's been down a little bit since he left Boston. He's been kind of bouncing around the league. Good for him to see him. They also signed Nikola Mirotic from the Bulls, who has come off uh, the bench uh, before earlier on, but now he's a starter alongside Anthony Davis. Uh, he's a great stretch four, stretch five, wherever you want to call him. If he's a center or a power forward, more power forward, I guess. Anthony Davis is the five. Comes off the – he's – Coming out, guns blazing this playoffs has been a great signing for them. Trailblazers didn't really do much this offseason, and that goes to show us, uh, how they're doing in this series. They already lost. They're out of the playoffs again. Another disappointing year for them. They have two great all-star players in C.J. McCollum and uh, Damian Lillard. Um, they just kind of outperformed this year, and I don't know if that's due to the coaching or whether the players just weren't meshing enough well. I don't know if they need to get a new big man. They do have um, they do have a solid team put together, but they just couldn't make it out of this playoff. 
Okay, so now to wrap up the podcast, basically we looked over every team who was in the playoffs this year and the 2018 NBA season. Um, talked about how each of the players and teams have made good signings. And just to relate this all back to the intro to the topic of how sports is a business and they're focused on entertainment and sales as well. They have to be profitable. So a lot of these teams make these big moves in the off season to excite the fans, make more ticket sales, more jersey sales, whatever it may be. Any fan memorabilia, they're just they're just trying to execute and sell more business. So by bringing in big name players, by trading for players, trying to make a championship run, puts their name out there on the map, gets the jersey sales going, and just trying to create a more entertaining team for the home fans is also a huge factor in that. And being an NBA fan, uh, the Detroit Pistons just signed Blake uh, Blake Griffin, so that's exciting for us. Although we didn't make the playoffs this year, I hope, 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 hope we can make some moves. We lost it. We didn't lose. We did lose our picks though in this draft this year, which is a good draft class, which is always kind of disappointing. We don't really know what we're doing. Feels like, but I hope next year we can bounce back, um, make another couple moves, maybe make a playoff push in the next two or three years. So there's always a positive outlook. Um, and that is all for the podcast. Thank you for listening. And those are just some of my thoughts and opinions on how the NBA is a business and an entertainment provider. And I just looked at the main, the top 16 teams in the league uh, as that basis. So thank you for listening.